Alright everyone, before we get started, just want to say thank you for listening, but also want to let you know that the Uncommon Gem podcast is an adult content show, meaning we might say explicit words or describe things in explicit nature. We also like to inform you that we are not paid or sponsored by the donation or charity of service today. We just like to bring attention to good causes and try to help out people in the world. Also, just a quick note for this specific episode, you're about to check out what is the demo tape, which is the very first recording of the Uncommon Gem podcast. This was intended for the graphic designer and the musician to get an idea of what the show is going to be and kind of grasp that concept and make the art and music for the show. But truly, honestly, we had such a good time recording this and it was such a lively and fun conversation that we were uploading it for you to also check out as it was raw, no edits, and you'll definitely check it out. You'll hear some phone vibratings, you'll hear some ums and you knows, but uh, it's going to be fun to look back especially for the future of the show, to see where we started and where we go. So thanks again for checking it out, and hope you enjoy. Take care. Yes, yes, hello everybody. Wow, thank you so much for tuning in. This is truly, truly an honor. The very first demo tape. This is like underground demo stuff of the Uncommon Gem podcast. My name is Kevin Estevez. I am the host of the Uncommon Gem podcast. Um, a little bit about myself. I am a New York resident, currently coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. Very honored to um, be able to uh, host this podcast. Um, this idea came about to me just through honest conversations. You know, we, uh, we went through 2020 and spent a lot of time within our rooms and I just really dug in deep to my archive of medias and arts that I really enjoyed. And I really love the idea of having space to allow people to talk about those kind of things that they really want to, you know, veg out about. Uh, let me go ahead and define some terms here. So uncommon is an adjective, meaning out of the ordinary or unusual. And a gen is a noun that could be a person or a thing considered to be of a standing or good nature. Um, so that's kind of what this show is going to be. We're just going to allow people to have the space to discuss things that they truly feel like have gone overlooked. Maybe they haven't gone overlooked. Maybe they want to talk about, you know, the newest Kendrick Lamar album again and truly hit all the notes about it. But it is a space for these people who I may have met, may have not met, to go in and fully grasp their ideas about this concept. Also, just so you know, every episode of the Uncommon Gem podcast, we make space for the guests to also introduce a charity or donation service that they want to talk about as well. Oftentimes, you know, especially in the year 2020, we found out many people are suffering. So I think it's also a great idea to kind of invite them to allow them to talk about topics that they feel are necessary or places that could use the help, could use volunteer service, could use donations. So there are multiple Uncommon Gems within the Uncommon Gem podcast. As I said, we are doing a demo version. So, you know, I couldn't think of anyone better to ask to come on to the pod. Uh, this is a longtime friend of mine. He, uh, we met in high school. We've been through the thick and thin. We've seen many a rap concerts, done many, many fun sport activities. 
So, you know, he is uh, soon to be graduated from college and finally be teaching the youth. That's what he wants to do to be a teacher. Um, honestly, uh, he has educated me on so many things, so I couldn't think of a better occupation for this certain person. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please, by all means, clap if you must for Brandon Jacob Dowdell. Yeah, thanks for that intro, Kev. Uh, hello, world. It's an honor to be on, honor to be your uh, first guest. <laughs> you know what? Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for, you know, giving me the time and allowing us to have the time to talk about stuff you want to talk about, you know? No, thank you. I've been waiting for something like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's here. It's arrived. So, uh, yeah, man. Let me talk about you for a little bit, man. So you're a Colorado native right now. Yes. Been doing the school thing, been teaching off and on here and there. So can you tell me like what it's like to be a teacher a bit? Yeah, um, right now for me, it's it's really fun because um, I don't really have much skin in the game. I'm just a, mm-hmm. an amateur technically. Um, when I teach, I'm usually under uh, the watchful eye of a veteran teacher uh, who, who wants to pass on their, their torch a little bit. Uh, but right now, um, I'm, I ask my friends, they're going through a rough time <laughs> right <laughs> very rough time online and in person both ways are hard you know for different reasons but for, for me right now I'm, I'm having fun with it i'm just trying to enjoy it that's beautiful man yeah i think you're right you know what we should take a moment to really you know if you're listening to this you survived 2020 and i think that's an accomplishment you know like <laughs> right I, I think that it really really is something to uphold and it's really hard out there for teachers i can imagine you know teaching virtually has its challenges it's one of those things where you know part of my curriculum was learning how to teach online Mm -hmm. but for most of the teachers out there who have been doing this for years some decades it's really brand new i know you remember back in school when you the damn projectors were hard enough for the teachers (laughs) like i know when i go back in the classroom there's airplay i'm like what like i didn't even know how to use that when i got back in there. <laughs> so i was like wow now i'm the old guy so i can only imagine how you know teachers have been doing this for decades one way you know they just have to switch in the middle of their whole year and they still have some of them still haven't had time to plan you know it's definitely hard sometimes impossible <laughs> so yeah. it's now become this crazy ju- it's always been a juggling act but now there's even more chainsaws involved right I guess, yeah, like, and it's also, you know, teachers really provide a lot for their classrooms. You know, a lot of people may not know this, but more often than not, most of the arts and crafts portions of teachers' stuff is coming out of their own pockets, you know? Exactly. Like, and so what exactly do you want to, like, look forward in teaching? You know, is it going to be English? Is it going to be social studies? What is there, like, a specific subject? Yeah, I'm a social studies teacher. I'm a history major. And um, social studies is technically... Of course, history, they got uh, econ, geometry, or uh, geography, not geometry. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's, it's a widespread, so it's, it's pretty cool to, like, at first I was only going to history classes, and that's cool. I love history, don't get me wrong, but right. uh, once I made the switch to get a teaching degree, it was wide open, the amount of classes I can take, and, uh, different classes I can take, so we'll get to expand your mind a little bit and that's what i'm gonna bring hopefully of course you know social studies now more than ever you know history and knowledge of the past and potential future you know like that that's what we got to teach the kids because right it's deep it's deep roots (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, most of the people at the Capitol were not history. <laughs> yes, we should mention, yeah, we, we are filming this about three or four weeks after said Capitol raid. Um, right. it, it is a late January. I'm not sure what the weather's like in Colorado, but New York is getting a bit chilly. It is cold as hell. Oh, man. <laughs> it snowed. Yes, it's one of those snows where it was like ice. So it was just cold and icy. It like hurt to go outside. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, we, we had a like a snowstorm for literally 15 minutes and then it was done. It wasn't even a snowstorm. Right. I think we should start getting into some of these topics here. Yes, um, so like I said earlier, uh, every episode we focus on bringing attention to a donation or charity. And the one you picked, I think, is just so perfect because as you were saying, you know, we're trying to get the youth educated. We're trying to teach people. So can you tell us a little bit about the donation and charity that you want to bring some attention to, Brandon? Yeah, my uh, charity is Breakthrough Kent Denver. Um, it's a program that focuses on getting youth who want to go to college in college. And they're from uh, under underfunded neighborhoods, underfunded schools. So they're usually the kids you wouldn't see getting this type of help. And this program is amazing. Like I know personally because I... Well, I was a part of the program wow. as a teacher. Yeah, they, they have multifacets. But um, for the kids, that's the most important part for them is they give them a chance starting in the sixth grade to go through extra curriculum of school, uh, filling in those holes that are missing. Uh, they also, you know, uh, give them extra help and uh, homework and study guides during the school year, too. So it was in the summer and in the school year. Um, it's a program from sixth grade all the way to when they graduate and the goal is to get them into college um of course you know there's room if they change their mind they want to go to the military they want to go to a trade school mm-hmm. we support them in that as well but um either way they have a 97 percent completion rate in the program uh for college uh trade school or um military uh, for the teaching standpoint, um, they help people like me who, you know, are amateurs <laughs> and want to get in the classroom. Uh, they have a program where, you know, you teach the kids um, under the Watch Wild Veteran. And um, it's all hosted at this amazing private school campus. So it's a opportunity for most people to go on the campus that they've never been on. A college-like atmosphere for the kids. It's a great program. And my most, well, my favorite part of the program is the fact that they, um, you know, most of the kids in the program, they do um, go free lunch programs at their school. And um, I don't know if you've heard in Denver and in Aurora, um, the free lunch is backed up pretty much. So wow. a lot of kids are able to get their free oh, no. lunch. Yeah. So Breakthrough provides meals for the kids uh, seven days a week. So not just during the school week, but uh, on the weekend as well. So it's really an amazing program and it goes off public donations. So anything really helps. Yeah. Uh, volunteering helps and especially right now when they're not able to actually host the kids they're just able to deliver it's really just volunteer um it's also run by a, a black woman which is very important to me correct yes yes yeah. we we should mention too like um it's not just you know things that you would learn in school like your typical english mathematics like they actually bring people in to teach them like how to cook there's people yeah, like, teaching them more like about setting up a resume, how to do a job interview successfully. Like it's a lot of outside skills as well. Exactly. And like during that, uh, during the school year, they bring in a, a mentor from the hospitals here in Colorado. 
it's it's a great program it's they honestly cover everything like you would think like the cover in the program that's for kids going to college yeah um, i mean hey the proof is in the pudding you know and i was looking into it a bit more too they actually offer you know kids also in the program to teach certain courses too because you know yes. it, it's about building a community within this whole um service so you know they really want to make sure that people that succeeded in it do stick with the family and like also expand love because the, I mean, you look at the videos and pictures, it's kids, <laughs> like you said, from sixth to 12th grade, just communicating and really bonding with one another. Yeah. It's amazing. Like uh, I, I can say when I first went in there, I was definitely like a different person. Like I was like mm -hmm. not as social. I was not trying to like be friends with everyone. And that really turned me into like a, oh, a community like person. Like obviously I want to teach now, like before I wasn't too sure. And that program really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And like you said, like the, the program isn't just like your basic academic. It's what the kids want to learn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's definitely, they get to pick their own classes. They get to definitely say what goes in the curriculum, and what electives they want, which is like not uncommon, but I had an elective called Simpsons and social issues. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it can get really wild it's fun though it's, it's a great program so um definitely please please if you're listening to this check it out just go to www.breakthroughdenver.org uh, we'll probably also put a link in our bio for the actual episode itself so that way you can just click on it i truly uh am glad that you know we had you to speak on it because you know what i like about what the show could be is like a case where you actually were involved in the process so you do, you can attest to it more so than someone that's just, you know, oh, I just got to dig out this um, donation charity that I heard of randomly. No, like you're actually proof in the pudding. Right. That's kind of what I want people to like hear about when they listen to the show. Like truly causes that really um, affected them that they were able to be a part of. Exactly. We are now going to dig into the meat and potatoes of the whole show. So... <laughs> Like I said, that uncommon gem is that thing that you, you're willing to go to the cage to bat for, you know, that you can truly just veg out and truly go into detail about so often. So, Brandon, do you mind telling us what your your uncommon gem is for today's episode? Okay, my uncommon gem is something I've definitely gone to bat for probably almost my whole life. <laughs> professional wrestling. <laughs> professional wrestling, that's right. The WWE, the League of Heels, as they call it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when did you come across wrestling? When did when did this come into your life? Yeah, when I was a small little boy in Detroit, Michigan, my mom bought home a strange man. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, when I lived in Detroit, um, me and my brother, obviously, like any siblings, would wrestle and fight and. My stepdad would watch us and he's like, as a, you guys remind me of DDP and Sting or he'd say it, uh, any random wrestling, like, yo, you're like Jake the Snake. I'm like, who are you talking about? Like, why are you making fun of us? And he's like, no, you guys don't know who Goldberg is? And I'm like, no, who the hell is Goldberg? And he's like, hold on. And he popped in a, a this is how old this is, a VHS tape of Goldberg. It was like hours of Goldberg. And I was <laughs> transfixed i was like this is the most like this is crazy no one can beat him <laughs> it's like and, he, and then like not even that it's just how it looked this is what pulled me in like it was just over the top 
just a bit of confession and also maybe I'll, I'll have you describe it but just a bit of confession growing up as a kid out of all the wrestlers i saw goldberg creeped me out the most can you like <laughs> can you describe what goldberg looks like goldberg <laughs> goldberg is pretty much what you would see if you were like in the south at a football uh, high school football team <laughs> bald goatee one tattoo of like just a little tribal but it's like huge on his freaking bicep he's just sculpted to get sculpted he's huge <laughs> goldberg used to play defensive tackle in the nfl yeah like we're, we're talking like he just looks like the hugest muscle as a unit like <laughs> yes he's a large man and to this day he's still the same size right very very huge steroids <laughs> but Dr. Yes. Seth, that's fine <laughs> definitely um a huge thing in the league is steroid usage yeah so okay so let's definitely talk about so you like you said you found it out as a kid but you also played the sport a bit. did that like have influence when you're actually like you're competing in wrestling definitely like when i first started wrestling i was only interested in it because of kurt angle and my probably my favorite athlete which is weird to most people is brock lesnar and I know they were wrestlers, so I'm like, okay, this can be something that can be all right. And I found out how good those guys really are, like, because that's a hard sport. <laughs> it's it's not – maybe, like, people don't know, but it's not just, you know, a very physically demanding sport. Like, the dieting you have to do. Right. The, um, truly, like, it's a stamina-driven sport, so you, you have to be running essentially every day just to make sure you're – heart rate and everything is kept up right like the real good guys like i didn't wrestle during the week like i only wrestled on tournaments on the weekend right mm -hmm. like our wrestling team would have like three different levels obviously like most teams varsity would wrestle during the week so they'd have to make weight that time and then they'd have to either make weight again or keep the weight off until saturday sheesh so it's like oh my god dude <laughs> I can't imagine, but that's part of the sport. There's nothing can really change it. Like they made healthier weight classes, so that's helping. But yeah, back when we were doing it, they had like 103s, 107s, 112s. I'm like, oh my god, dude. Kurt Angle's a really good like discussion point for wrestling because so he's someone that didn't start in the WWE. He started yeah. as, like as an actual competitor in high school and college, and then made yeah. his way to WWE. Correct. Yeah, well, yeah, Kurt Angle, he yeah, he was an amateur wrestler, high school, college, but he went to the Olympics is what he was first famous for. Won Olympic in '96, yeah, yeah gold medal on a broken neck, which is <laughs> something he likes to point out all the time, <laughs> and it's really impressive. Like he started there, and then um, Kurt Angle, like most people, was like, "This is bullshit." Wrestling, like this pro wrestling is bullshit. I'm not doing it. He went to one show, and you know, back in those days in the late 90s, it was known as the Attitude Era. Yeah, did not care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Like, I'm like, I cannot believe my mom let me watch this. But, um, he went to one show in particular where it was Undertaker, and you know, he's the dead man. Yeah, and Angle was just not into it. <laughs> he was like, This is great. He, like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> And then eventually they were able to convince him, and um, he his personality is just one of a kind. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he 
he's also yet another swole man, but you wouldn't expect it during his time during the WWE. He was more of a joking like figure. Like right. you look at the man, you're like, he's gonna chop my head off. But more often than not, he was the butt of the jokes for a lot of his character during the WWE. Yeah, like when they when he comes out, they chant you suck, and it's like <laughs> your thing, like you know. <laughs> so we should definitely dive into that aspect of it because I guess a lot of people may not know. I definitely found out while researching, but the kind of theatrics of wrestling is kind of very much ingrained into the history. Yes. It really, like I started researching on um, unitedworldwrestling.org. Site resources, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in France around 1830, this gentleman named John, I don't want to mispronounce it, but it's E-X-B-R-O-Y-A-T. Oh he uh, started doing kind of the carnival circus troupe wrestling that he kind of made it what it is now, if you think about it, because that was the theatrics. That was the theater of it all, you know, and it was very showmanship back in those days. Yes, you're right. It's a, uh, it's pretty much it's a carnival. Mm-hmm. It's a carny business and it always will be. And that's it's kind of what it is. And that's, that's good research, man. <laughs> but you're I, right. I wanted... Because, I mean, I guess, like, for me, I've always been around people who love wrestling. Yeah. But truly, honestly, like, it never really got into it myself. I would I would understand, like, the references are, like, Too Sweet, Scotty Too Hotty. I, I know some of the things. I would pick it up. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had to make sure I knew what I was talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> you have a long stake in it. Like you said, you've gone to actual shows live. You've watched mm-hmm. the pay-per-views. you watched so many of, like, the history of wrestling. So you really do have um huge stake into it so like coming from like a fan point of view like how has it been to see the league evolve into what it is now because you know i think you nailed it where like the 90s to 2000s is kind of like one of the bigger eras and then as we go on you get introductions like john cena people like that who are now kind of modern yeah i mean it went like this like when i was a kid like hulk hogan was still around he was still the man Mm -hmm. he went away uh, then it was The Rock, Triple H, Stone Cold, people we're more familiar with. And then um, obviously The Rock is Dwayne Johnson now, so he went away. <laughs> and the other two just got old. And um, it wasn't as popular, both like worldwide and like just in my friend group. Like, mm-hmm. And I noticed, I'm, okay, this is kind of weaning off. But then uh, John Cena, like you said, he came and he pretty much he's probably the biggest star ever. Right. <laughs> right. Like, and, you know, and at the time he was a rapper, he was appealing to like, you know, us, like <laughs> us colored folk. You know, right. kind of yeah. like, the thing, Cause he was like a pure white guy, like straight up. And I guess, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, but uh, that was part of the thing that kind of turned it. I think uh, WWE you know, is probably the most popular, you know, league. They embraced, you know, who was watching. They had Eddie Guerrero, they had Rey Mysterio, different guys, not just the muscular Hulk Hogan and the rock type. It, it truly, like, is astounding because if you think about it, it's probably one of the more inclusive kind of anything in entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, they have women wrestlers, they have yeah. male wrestlers from all over the board in all kind of nations and ethnicities, you know? Like, it's... it's like- it is diverse with the people there, but the it's like the you know Vincent Man is racist as 
some problems. <laughs> like, go watch any wrestling in the 80s. You'll be like, what the fuck? Poor, poor Booker T. <laughs> oh, God, Booker T. That's my guy, but it's an example of just him like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is like that first place because Booker T's here. He's in the main event, but he ain't going to win that title. Nope. Nope. So, but thank God the New Day's here. <laughs> yes, we, we do love the New Day. Um, can, can you tell us a, bit, a little bit about the New Day? Because I feel like of the WWE catalog, they're one of the more eccentric people, you know? Yeah. This speaks to your, like, how it's, how big it's gotten. Like, mm-hmm. the New Day is three, like, black dudes, pretty much. And they're, like, just three dudes you would hang out with. You would be in your friend group. And they just happen to be wrestlers. One of them, is his name is Big E. And he's humongous. Very big man. Very, <laughs> I mean, very big man. <laughs> big E in an airport, and he's like five six, and he's still stacked. He's even more stacked. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like wrestling now, like thanks to the New Day, I think largely you see the rappers mentioning it. You'll see, like, is is he back from like when I was talking about when I started watching it? It was popular in a mainstream way. Mm-hmm. Now it's popular in the mainstream way, but it's in the urban mainstream way, which is cooler to me. Right. Like the rappers embracing it, it makes it cool. You see, like West Side Gun at a show. You see like, all these rappers wow. like, ringside now. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> the Ric Flair drip. Obviously, that's a little old, but. Oh, I mean, Ric Flair, <laughs> I feel like, is the most celebrated wrestler in the hip hop community. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's like a Donald Trump situation. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, we definitely touched on it, but maybe we can just um, speak on it a bit more. Like I said, you did actually compete in wrestling. You've been a fan for a lot, for a while. So, like, how has that affected you personally? Like, is there something that you uphold to wrestling more so than other, like, entertainments or leagues? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, for me, wrestling, why, like, as I grew older, why I respect it is it's pretty much you're doing live stunts in front of everyone every night. Like, these guys don't just work. Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, they work every day. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we have to do this perfect every day or else we can die. Like, wrestlers have died in the ring before. So that's what really got me respecting it more so now. Like, especially these guys nowadays. Oh, my God, they're doing so much crazy stuff. I, I think we and should like, give um, – his, his name uh, – Vince McMahon's son, what's his name? Jane McMahon, oh my goodness. That he he jumped off of like what a hundred foot cage one time? Like 40 foot. It's so um. crazy, dude. <laughs> he's, he's there's like unimaginable heights he's jumped from. Like he probably has jumped from like over a hundred feet. That kid just did not care. And I, yeah. I was just listening to a podcast on him, like ironically. And oh, he's wow. one of those guys like Vince McMahon was like, I don't want you doing this. I don't want you around me when you do this either. <laughs> so we really had to start from the bottom, like improve his dad. Like I know it's kind of common, but it was like, are you serious? That's what you had to do to like so you can do this. It's yet another kind of family business because the McMahons are even um, uh, his daughter is like married to Triple H. It's a family business for sure. And that goes to like even the other organizations. They're all like family run. Like the one I like aid. WWE, don't get me wrong, like, obviously I grew up on it, and, like, I always love it, 
that's a trash company. <laughs> just like, <laughs> you know, I mean, just like uh, human wise, it's just a trash company. Yeah. So I watch this other league called AEW, and they're more like they're even more inclusive. They have like a transgender champion. Oh, wow. It's, that's what I like about it because everything's just like normal. It's not like WWE where they point out she's transgender or he's black mm-hmm. or she's black and a woman. Right. They like, do that. They that definitely is, do that. Like, man, I just want you to know we're diverse. I'm like, all right, I get it. <laughs> but I like this league because they're naturally with it and it's family run too. You know, yeah. there's my minority billionaire, <laughs> which is crazy to me. I, yeah, I was like, all right. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know like, that could happen. Even even further than WWE, like if you just look up like luchador wrestling, Japanese wrestling, like right. it. There's so many, right. so much more ways to like go through it, and those leagues are just as fun and are also doing just as entertaining things, you know. Right, and um, that's kind of as an adult, you know. Obviously, I like the growth of where WWE is, but. Overall, wrestling has gotten to a point where you can, like you said, you can have different leagues in different worlds and we can watch it since, you know, we have technology. Right. It's great. I remember when I was a kid, I'd always wonder, like, man, like, I always hear about these guys overseas. I'm never going to be able to watch them. Now I'm like, oh, right. YouTube and just watch them. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> so, like, I'm glad where the growth has taken it. I'm glad we're here at this point where, like, you can watch anything at the tip of your fingers. So, okay, so have you been to a WrestleMania ever? I don't think I've ever asked you that before. WrestleMania? Yeah. No. Nope. WrestleMania is like is like a huge like festivity. Usually the biggest fights that they can set up are usually taking place in this event, right? Yes, and WrestleMania is so big that all those companies we just named, they all go to the same place and do shows at the same time because they know everyone is going to be there. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's a weekly Super Bowl is a week-long event. <laughs> I want to do a fun thing with you. I want to see if you can define wrestling terms that they use in WWE. All right. So, okay. Let's start with uh, a baby face or a face. A baby face is like John Cena. He's a good guy. Right. This is the guy that oh, most people him. cheer for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So then what's a heel? Hill is who I like. I like the bad guys like <laughs> Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, what, what is a job or a jobber? <laughs> a jobber, or as The Rock likes to call him, a jabroni, <laughs> someone who just pretty much is there to lose. <laughs> That's right. De- destined for failure. <laughs> <laughs> You're there to lose and take this pin. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so this one's a big one, because this, I feel like, def- we've hit on it a little bit, but what is kayfabe, or keeping a kayfabe? Ha, <laughs> kayfabe is pretty much, how do I describe it? It's like keeping it, you're keeping in character, basically, like you're keeping the story real. Mm-hmm. So these guys, obviously, they're friends in real life, but if a bad guy and a good guy are friends, they can't travel together because they're now break kayfabe. Mm-hmm. I believe I read somewhere that even when they're out in public, if they're an earshot away from people, they're like still acting as the wrestlers at like a bar or a restaurant just to make sure people know that they're still keeping authentic. <laughs> you know who was in kayfabe until he dies? Hulk Hogan. Oh, uh, that, is, <laughs> that is even with the racism. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right. 
<laughs> I don't like him, brother. Get a good one, brother. I'm like, oh my goodness, Hulk. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> Um, he kept the yeah. kayfabe the entire way. Um, okay, so yeah. those are a couple of terms. Wrestling terms are very funny. I I went on the fandom Wikipedia for wrestling and just like laughed for about twenty minutes <laughs> reading some of them. Um, so like you said, uh, Kurt Angle's definitely on there. But who else are a couple of your favorites for wrestlers? Uh, I like. Well, my favorite is uh, CM Punk. That's a little bit of a controversial one nowadays, but um. I love Sting. I love Undertaker. I'm a big John Cena fan. My guy, uh, who I actually like, probably one of my top two. Actually, you know what? Right now, my top two, Shawn Michaels. I love Randy Orton, too. <laughs> Sweet chin music, Shawn Michaels. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Shawn Michaels my number one. Randy Orton's number two. Brock Lesnar's number three. Hell yeah. And I gotta give a shout out to Too Cool, which is a combination of Scotty Tuhati, Grandmaster oh, Sexay, and for a certain point Rikishi, which was like some of the if y'all wanna laugh for like a little bit, just look up their introductions or their dances, and that's that's some funny stuff. Should we give him a warning about Rikishi or just let them find out? Oh, uh, I, I guess maybe yeah, we should give a warning about Rikishi because he's a very unique wrestler. <laughs> Rikishi is a Rikishi is the rock's cousin. He's also a very large Samoan man. And he wears a Samoan garb to the ring, mm-hmm. commonly known as a thong, but <laughs> it's a it's a uh, typically he's double cheeked uh, up on a Thursday afternoon, as they say. <laughs> yeah, for real, Rakishi is yeet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's a big man dancing with Scotty Too Hotty and Grandmaster Sexay, which is so funny to me. That was great. <laughs> I guess um. I kind of want to hit on, obviously, like, it, it is not a quiet thing, wrestling. People do know what the WWE is, but I kind of want to speak on, like, other medias it's been appeared in. Um, have you seen the movie The Wrestler? Yes. Great movie, um, directed by Aaron, Dar- Darren Aronofsky, yes. uh, written by Robert Siegel, and it stars Mickey Rourke. This movie was nominated for two Oscars, Best Actor in Mickey Rourke, and, yeah, that movie... Darren Aronofsky is interesting because he's not a lighthearted director and this movie's not lighthearted, but it's probably his most lighthearted movie of all of his movies. <laughs> um, but it, it follows a very aged, retired professional wrestler and how he keeps wrestling very small gigs to make some money and he lives out of a trailer. And it's kind of sad, but it's a very good movie. I highly recommend it. Yes, it is um, a sad movie and it's... Like most wrestlers who watch this say it's really realistic. Mm-hmm. I would agree, like just with how I know some wrestlers and how they are. There's a very good scene of a lot of times in wrestling, they'll like have um, razor blades tied into like tape on their wrists. So that way when they punch someone, they'll like cut them a little bit with the razor blade to like make it look like they're actually bleeding. Yeah, that is serious stuff. Like uh, some people just like, I guess The Rock, he was talking about it. He says he just likes to just take it and cut it. Man. Like, I'm like, damn, dude, that doesn't sound any better. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, like, um, obviously we can go to, like, a little bit about video games, too, because there's a lot of good wrestling video games, a lot of bad ones, but is there, like, other forms of wrestling that you see that you want to talk about a little bit? Like, maybe we could talk about some Olympic wrestling or some of the actual more uh, I mean, uh, I like, um, I really like the movies, like you were saying, like, you know, the wrestling movies or wrestling in movies is, uh, 
someone that really always catches my eye. Um, whether that be a wrestler making a guest appearance someplace, like um, most commonly Goldberg is someone I spot that people don't really know is him, which is yeah. kind of he, but, he almost uh, always pops up. He's in the longest yard playing yep. um, linebacker, but yeah, he he pops up I a heard, lot. That movie is filled with wrestler cameos. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold, Kevin Nash, all of them. Big Kali. <laughs> yeah, Great Kali is definitely in that. Roddy Roddy Piper. Oh man, we gotta talk about a little bit about Roddy Roddy. That was a great. Um, why am I forgetting the name of the damn movie right now? They live. Is that the one you're thinking of? Yes, they live. Yeah. They Live is amazing. That's um, one of my favorite movies. Just like it has nothing to do with his wrestling. <laughs> it's him and Keith David, and pretty much what the gist is that people have been mass controlled, except for Roddy Roddy Piper, because he wears really cool sunglasses and he can see that they're not people; they're aliens. And so it's just him trying to save the world and also trying to get the hell out of there. Right. And. <laughs> He has to make him wear the sunglasses. Like that's the amazing <laughs> part. And uh, as far as sport goes, um, like I said, one of my favorites is Brock Lesnar. He's like not only one of my favorite wrestlers, one of my favorite athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played in the NFL, not like really like short period preseason training camp, and most commonly known as a UFC heavyweight champion. This is the most common like other place I see wrestlers go to if they can't really like, if they don't want to wrestle anymore, uh, they try to do MMA, which could be successful or not. Another wrestler who's like that is Bobby Lashley. He's from Colorado. I used to make him Subway sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, he he did the wrestling and MMA too and is pretty successful at it. It's just pretty much depends on if you have an amateur wrestling background. Yeah, Like professional wrestling is you would think that means real, but that's obviously the show. Amateur wrestling is like the physical sports you see in high schools and colleges and and the Olympics. Um, If a wrestler comes from that background, they're usually going to be pretty good at wrestling, one. And two, they can make a transition to MMA pretty easy because they already have a real background. So it just depends on where they want to go, but that's the most common place I see like wrestlers go like when they just don't want to do it anymore, or like just want to change your pace, isn't the MMA? MMA is definitely some wrestling. Like, there's people who have literally won by submission, you know, like right. it is wrestling heavy, right? I also like, I, I was thinking about it too. Like, it, it's a lot of other sports, like football, you can argue embraces wrestling tactics as well as hockey, right? Um. You can even, like, you know, a lot of people kind of forget that. Like, it is a lot of, you know, pushing and shoving. So you can even say, like, getting away from a screen in NBA or basketball. That's somewhat of a wrestling move on its own, you know? (laughs) Right. Wrestling helped me in basketball um, just, like, with my balance. Mm -hmm. Like, as far as, like, a transfer of, like, school. Because in wrestling, like, uh, there was times – I didn't even know how flexible I can get until I started, like, wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, like he just lifted my leg over my head and I had to bounce on one leg. <laughs> like, you know, that's something you can practice because you know what's gonna happen, but like who thinks about that if you've never really done it? A lot of uh skills transfer over. I know uh when I was in high school, they always used to ask the football players to come wrestle and the coach, the football coach would be like, You should do it. Because like like I said, there's balance, mm-hmm. it helps you with your leverage. Um it just helps you mentally, like, you know, like we talked about earlier. 
Right. Very, well, very tactical, very mental game. If you have a coach like I do, it'll help you academically. <laughs> also, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, it's just a great sport, like just away from the pro wrestling aspect. It really helped me like become a better person. Like I know, like on just I have to think far back, like high school, so long ago. But we always did like some charity stuff, like at our meets. Like obviously, I said like only like maybe ten people out of the thirty of us are gonna wrestle that night. So the rest of us are like taking in toys for tots and whatever right. charity we're doing that night. It's good to point out that it is somewhat of a team effort because you guys work out against each other. You guys are always running in the same gym, you know. Yeah. Like even though in the matches themselves it's just a one-on-one against someone else, but you know that team spirit is still very much a part of the part of the sport. Right. Like our team was pretty good. Like honestly, mm-hmm. I do remember um, that. Yeah. Some people just didn't get a chance to wrestle at all. Like I was lucky; I got to wrestle at least on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But some people just didn't didn't wrestle at all during the week, and they're just there to be <laughs> practice mates, which sucks. But like that's how it is. And like to relate it back to professional wrestling. We all know the matches are predetermined, right? <laughs> so it's a, it's a teamwork to get that get to that point. Like, yeah, they don't plan out every little thing. That's kind of crazy. So there's some points where they're going to be like, "I'm gonna go up to this top rope and do a flip on you. Can you catch me?" And they kind of just do it. So it really is a team effort in that aspect as well. It's it's a wrestling is something that you really have to put your mind into. If you're not into it, then like either professional wrestling, you'll get hurt just seriously injured and like amateur wrestling you'll get hurt <laughs> not being there like <laughs> you don't do it enough you're just like it's not going to happen for you i wasn't very athletic growing up so you know but i knew a lot of athletic people so you you see the sacrifice and the risk it does take to put your body through it if you want to truly be successful at it you know right. like many things but truly wrestling i feel like more than others because you, if you don't make sure you're limbered up, that could be the end of your career in one single minute, you know? It, it truly de- takes time, dedication, practice in all forms, in all forms of the sport. Exactly. I guess well, I, I want to shout out Glow. You've seen Glow, right, on Netflix? Yes. Oh, man. So it is based on the true league of uh, women wrestling. And, man, it is, that is a that actually kind of goes into detail of the production of it all, like, the people setting up the matches, the trainers making sure they land those certain marks and all that stuff. Exactly. But it stars Allison Bree, Mark Marin, um, totally forgetting some other people, but truly a great show. Definitely worth watching, especially if you want to kind of see the entertainment side of wrestling because that is a very fun show. Yeah. That show is great. And like, it's another one of those shows, like, piece of media where like you'll see wrestlers and you won't know they are, right? just know like they're there the show is really like realistic like it's along the lines of the wrestler as far as like how far they went to get like authenticity for it it's amazing like i'm just happy like they're given that shine because that was a big like before wwe took over there was like 50 leagues in the united states all of them you can watch you know depending on where you live of course Mm -hmm. and glow was the one that was kind of everywhere like my gram tells me about Glow. My cousins tell me about when they watched Glow back in the eighties, and they all lived in different parts of the country. So like, wow. that was, yeah, that's one that was like on everywhere. So it's pretty good that they're giving it some shine. Like, 
Awesome. Well, I think that about does it. I mean, would you like anyone listening to this to know some more things about wrestling or say some final words on pro wrestling at all, Brandon? No, if you're going to give wrestling a try, um, go into it with an open mind. Like, don't – well, you know what? Better yet, I'll say this. Try to find something you do like. A lot of people I've gotten into wrestling, they didn't like it at first, of course. Mm-hmm. I tell them, like, well, just try some, find something you like, and they find something they like, and it turns into something they want to watch every time it's on, you know? Like, it doesn't have to – you don't have to watch the whole show. You can watch who you like or what you like. Definitely. You know. YouTube a couple of wrestlers and YouTube some of their their better bouts because a lot of the what it, the league is and what it, the entertainment aspect of it is is going to be in those showcases, you know. And one last thing, I'll get, I'll leave you with my favorite match as a suggestion. It's a triple threat TLC, Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudley Boys. Um, TLC, it's high flying, action pace. Anyone, even if you don't like wrestling, you think, oh, this is the fakest bullshit in the world, even after what we just talked about. Watch that match, and it's at least entertaining. <laughs> There's some, there, that's one of those things where, like, I, my dad, the one last thing, my dad watched this with me when I was a kid. And before he's like, oh, I used to watch wrestling. You know, it's fake. Well, the typical stuff. And some things happened in this match, and he was like, oh my God, there's no way that's fake. Holy shit. And I'll let you know where this match is. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> High electricity. Right. Um, before we do let you go, Brandon, uh, just because while we have you here, I want you um, to talk about this a little bit. But unfortunately, over the weekend, we had the passing of Hank Aaron, oh, uh, Atlanta Braves superstar. I know you're a big baseball fan, but also as a, you know, him being a black man, you being a black man, can you speak on the importance of Hank Aaron a little bit? When I was a kid, I loved baseball. I was obsessed with it. And my teachers, when we go to the library, said you have to pick a real book, meaning a fiction book, and you can get a baseball biography. So that time, my teacher said, okay, you can read about Hank Aaron, too. That's a, that's a real book you can read. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I came back, and I'm like, teacher, that's a fiction book. There's no way Hank Aaron, Hank, Henry Aaron, there's no way he's real. Because like the stuff they're talking about was just so beyond my imagination. And the stuff that they said he went through was just like, out of a movie like thousands of thousands of death threats and racist letters because you're going after a record that they think shouldn't have been broken or should have been broken by you more specifically and and he was like no brandon that's real and from that point on i was obsessed with henry aaron and what he meant and what he meant to me was just strength do anything like yeah he uh he left his hometown with two dollars and two sandwiches he always used to say and uh, he went all the way up to Milwaukee, broke all those records. And um, a funny story is he didn't want to go back down south when the Braves moved. He oh, said, wow. I worked hard to get away from this racism. I don't want to go. I can go anywhere in Milwaukee. I don't want to go back down there. <laughs> of course, it worked out, right? But it's, um, it's interesting just to, to see other people talk about him. Yeah. Really. Like, I know how much he means to me, like. I'll just speak about that. He, he just means the world. And I'm, I'm glad he lived a long, peaceful life, like 86 right. years old. And um, one last piece of trivia I'll drop on you guys. <laughs> Recently, MLB said they're going to accept the Negro Leagues as a league, finally. What? Hey, that's amazing news. Yeah. And um, I don't know how people feel about Barry Bonds, whatever. Hank <laughs> Aaron is, before, I don't know, before he died, he became the home run king again because he has 22 
Negro League a home runs officially. Yep, that's right. Back over uh, Barry Bonds. So Hank Aaron, he is still the home run king, and he probably will be forever. No one's breaking that record. Beautiful. <laughs> Man, you know, it couldn't be better news. Yeah. Um, RIP to a true legend, you know. A lot of – lot of you know history with that and you put him up there with jackie robson as far as like influence on actually changing the culture of a rather racist league you know yeah him jackie robinson and roberto clemente are the three like these are the three dudes that we always need to celebrate no matter what no matter what's going on in the league i don't care what (laughs) What's going on in the league? We need to have three days where we have games that mean something to those three. <laughs> awesome. Uh, perfect. Well, folks, you know, it's been lovely talking to Brandon. Hopefully you do check out some professional wrestling. Uh, we are a weekly based podcast, so we will be doing another one. Hopefully very shortly. Got another interview. Got another Uncommon Gen coming up. You can catch us on Spotify. You can catch us on SoundCloud, YouTube um apple we're on rss very many ways you can catch us we're also on twitter social media of instagram you just gotta look up on common gem podcast chances are we will pop up as always thank you so much to lawrence benali again for the design please look up for him for any graphic designs that you need uh brandon yeah all right thank you so much man again uh before we go would you like to say anything to the people before we head out um yeah thank you guys for uh listening uh check out that uh, breakthrough kid denver website um, yes just to get informed you don't don't even feel needed to donate just go get informed and maybe volunteer and um just thank you for listening to me ramble about wrestling (laughs) (laughs) never get a chance to really do that (laughs) you know that's what this is about you know letting people have that space because i i know there's just so many topics where i'm just like itching just to, to let it all out so I appreciate you letting us allow you to have that space, you know? <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. Um, yes, Breakthrough Kent Denver. It is BreakthroughKentDenver.org. Please check out. Uh, we are no shape or way uh, sponsored by them. We just like to give a, the good word for causes that we do feel need help. So support the youth, you know? Wu-Tang is for the children. Yeah. And, like, uh, <laughs> these kids, uh, they're doing amazing things. Like, I'm talking about they go to Harvard. They go to MIT. Like, these kids are really trying to make a difference. So, yeah, we look out for that. Brandon, as always, take care, man. Much love to you and the family. Folks, have a great rest of the day or night or wherever you're listening to it. Hope you had a good time. Uh, Stay tuned for some more. Thank you. (laughs) 